Congregation, today is the first Advent Sunday. Four Sundays before Christmas, the already considered the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and see how a people has been waiting for that, for the coming of Christ. Usually two Sundays from the Old Testament and two Sundays from the New Testament. Advent. You know what Advent means, right? Advent means the coming. The coming of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the human flesh, in order to be instead of people, in order to suffer and to die. But today is also a preparatory Sunday. And this sermon is a preparatory sermon. So how do we combine that? I thought it is not too difficult. The connection between Advent and a preparatory sermon is the word longing, right? Longing. We are longing for the coming of Christ on the Christian Christmas Day, longing for him in the heart to come personally, and also a longing is the mark, one of the marks of grace. So we can examine our own hearts and see if we know something of that advent, if we know something of that longing. So I was looking for a text speaking about advent, speaking about the coming, speaking about that longing, speaking about what's going on in the hearts of God's people. And I think it is, for example, found in Psalm 63, the first three verses. Let me read them. And when you listen, you listen for Advent, you listen for Christmas, and you listen also for the marks of grace. Psalm 63, 1, 2, and 3. A Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. O God, thou art my God. Early will I see thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. So far. The theme for this morning, Advent Longing. Advent, longing for Advent, longing for the coming of Christ. Six short thoughts. Longing in faith. Because it says in our text, O God, thou art my God. Secondly, longing early. O God, my God, early will I see thee, early. What does it mean, early? The third place, longing for power and glory. To see thy power and thy glory in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the fourth place, longing with joy. Joy, as you can see in different verses in this psalm. In the fifth place, longing for renewal. To see thy power and thy glory, since I have seen thee in the sanctuary. I have seen it before. To see it again to the law for renewal. And in the sixth place, 
longing fulfilled. As to longing, longing faith, longing early, longing for power and glory, longing with joy, longing for renewal, and longing fulfilled. Congregation, the Lord has a waiting people. It's a theme in the Bible, waiting, delaying, takes longer than anticipated, and finally the Lord fulfills it. The Lord often takes his time to fulfill the promises and does not fulfill it immediately and directly. It takes his time. The mills of God go slow. Longing. Let me just give you an example first. The watchmen on the walls of the city had to be awake the whole night. And they looked in the dark and they listened if they could hear something suspicious. They were walking up and down on the walls of Jerusalem. It was so dark, some stars, a little bit of moon. And finally they got so tired and sleepy and they thought, what time is it? And they had no what? They had no idea. They had to go by the light at the horizon. People just said, what time is it? They had no idea at what time. It was waiting and waiting. It took sometimes so long before the first light was seen at the horizon. Longing. And when the first light of the morning came, they took a deep breath. Finally, finally the light, finally the new day that gives hope and that also gives joy. Remember Psalm 130? I wait for the Lord, my soul does wait. And in his word, I hope, my soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. So do you know about that? About it waiting for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning? that anticipation, that hoping, that desiring, that longing for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, in faith, to see him, to believe in him, to completely trust him. David writes about it in his last words. Into Samuel 23, and he shall be as the light of the morning. And the sun rises, even the morning without clouds, as the tender grass spring out of the earth by clear shining after rain. So beautiful the new morning, all things fresh and transparent and visible. And so to see the new light of the morning, to see that light again, people of God, and to just enjoy that so profoundly, because the Lord shows it himself, his faithfulness, his love. So today, we think about that people that is longing for that day. You know the examples in the Bible, don't you? You, you, you remember him. His name was Simeon. Was waiting for the coming of Christ. And he also was a witness of that. And he saw the Lord Jesus. What does it say about him? And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, 
And the same man was just and devout, waiting, waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting, hoping, longing for the consolation, for the comfort of God's people. The Lord would say, I comfort, I comfort my people. You know about Anna. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption. So all them looking for redemption in town, in Jerusalem. Some people characterized by they are alluring people. They're hoping for that consolation. They're looking for the redemption. So that longing is part of the life of God's people. They long and Lord answers and they long again. There is so much to long for. Not only one time, but repeatedly they long. And the renewal they seek and they find and they seem to lose it. Think of Noah waiting until the earth was dry. Think of Joseph waiting until the Lord would fulfill the promises about him being king. Think of Abraham and Isaac and David and Israel after the captivity. The Lord moves slowly. But what we see in Psalm 63, we see that, that David is in the wilderness, in the wilderness of Judah. He is not home. And apparently he cannot go home. He's even afraid of his life, that this enemy will destroy him. And he is not able to go to the tabernacle either. So David is on the run. What happened? The two options, right? You know those. One option is that David is fleeing for Saul. His father-in-law want to kill him, who was jealous of him, who stand him, hated him. And he fled, was away in the desert of Judea. Or he is on the run for his own son Absalom. It's still an option. But I don't think it is difficult to choose between those two. It is apparently he is on the run for Absalom. How do we know that? Well, the last verse of this psalm speaks about the king. He calls himself the king. Not the future king, the king. So knowing that he is the king, he must have been free for Absalom. What a difficult situation to be on the run for your own son who wants to be the king, who wants to kill you. And David is sad. And David is upset. And David is longing for the Lord. O oh Lord, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. In spite of all the consequence of sin in spite of all David had to go through and although he had a longing desire he was seeking he was not doubting see that he was longing and begging and praying and lamenting but not doubting. 
He had an expectation that was an effort longing. may I see an early will I see thee? I don't see thee, Lord. Reveal thyself again to my heart, O Lord. But he did not say that he was doubting everything. So we should be careful here. Some people talk about an Advent people, a loyal people, that has never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. They've never seen him, never appreciated him. They don't know anything about the Lord Jesus Christ. They are sometimes called the missing ones. Be careful there. Also, unconverted ones can feel missing people, can have impressions of them, and they should not call them the missing people category. They should seek for the king. They should seek for the faith to say, Oh God, thou art my God. In spite of all things that happened, no matter what they have, what has transpired, oh God, I begin here. David on purpose begins here. Led by the Holy Spirit, he begins with, oh God, thou art my God. He is praying this psalm in faith. My God. So, the real Advent people are not only loving, but also believing in Him. They like to have more. They like to see more. They may, receive, they may long for a deep faith, for more insight, but they are not doubters. It's not so that they have nothing. And it is really to God's glory. And they say, Oh God, God, my God, my God. And knowing that thou art my God, I will seek thee. I don't seek anywhere else. There is none else I can go to. I go to thee, Lord, thou art my God. And early will I seek thee and nobody else. So David is longing for a solution. He may come back to the tabernacle. He can come back to the house he built himself. He is an essence person in that sense but he is still in good spirit. Thou art my God. This is not the same as someone convicted of sin and is feeling rotten and corrupt and you name it, without any faith. No, he is a child of the Lord, and as a child of the Lord, he believes in God and can say, my God, but he likes to have more. He is longing for a closer connection. He's longing for deeper insight, for more joy in the Lord. Advent Sunday, you see the point, right? Longing for assurance, longing for the Lord Jesus, longing for the application. Longing for more holiness, longing for a closer walk. It all comes down to the same thing. Advent being more focused on Him. Christ Jesus, the Lord, the Savior. But also a preparatory sermon. Do we know about it? Do we know about that strange combination? Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I see thee. 
that is such a beautiful mark of grace that it is not, oh God, I see thee, I don't have anything of thee, I don't believe in thee. No, oh God, oh my God. May the Lord give us that faith, people of God, for next Sunday. That next Sunday, when Reverend Maldars hopes to celebrate the Lord's service with us and administer it, may we sit at the table with that faith and knowing that. But, my God, early will I seek thee. Second thought, early will I seek thee. Really? What does early mean, children? Early is, is what? You say early is early in the morning. Right. Can be. Early in the morning, the, 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 the light comes up, right? And early in the morning, the first thing I do is to pray. Early in the morning, I will see thee. First thing. But early can also mean early in your life, when you're young. Early in your life. Not that you're 70 or 50 or 30, that you're 10 or younger. I will see thee. Children, could you say that? Oh God, my God, early, I see thee. I, I like to see the Lord early. When I'm young then, it's so precious to see the Lord when you're young, to become advent people under 10. But early can also mean something as a figure. Sometimes it early means seriously, earnestly, with your whole heart. I seek thee early, O Lord. I don't seek thee flippantly. I don't seek thee as a duty. I don't seek thee because I am told to. I seek thee with my whole heart. I see the early. It's about the intensity of it. It is about how serious it is. It is not nonchalant. It's not trivial. It is with the heart. So let me quote two texts in the Bible about this. Proverbs 8, verse 17, the Lord Jesus speaking, keep it in mind, the Lord Jesus speaking, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Right? The Lord Jesus said that. Lord Jesus said, I love them. They love me. I love the Lord. Jesus says it's the mark of grace. It's the mark of grace you need to know. Do you seek the, do, do, you, do you love him? I love them and love me. And those that seek me really shall find me. Have you not, never found him yet? In the Word, in the Bible, on your knees, in the preaching, seek me early, shall find me. They shall find me in the Bible through the Holy Spirit so that the Lord Jesus becomes real. Or think of Hosea 5, verse 15. The Lord speaking, I will go I will go, I will leave, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. 
You're saying I'm leaving, leaving. I let him go. I just don't show myself anymore to dead people. I don't go and return to my own place. So they have to come to their senses. They acknowledge the Lord. They, 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 they acknowledge their offenses. And then seek my face in affliction. And in the affliction, they will seek me early with the heart. Really. Do you know about that? Do we early seek him? It's a mark of grace. Heard thought. Longing for power and glory. Looking for, at verse 2. To see thy power and thy glory as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. So David is longing, right? What for? You're longing. What for? Well, let us go back even more into the psalm. My soul thirsteth for what? For thee. My flesh longeth for thee. In a dry and thirsty land, there no water is. To see thy power and thy glory. So David, in Psalm 63, on the run for Absalom, outside in the desert of Judea, such a dry and thirsty land, he is also filthy thirsty. And he likes to have the taste of God back. back. He is seeking him. Three times, three times we see the word thee, right? O God, Lord, my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee. He says, I, my soul, my flesh. That's him. We don't have to distinguish that altogether. It is clear from the context that David is with his whole heart, his soul and flesh, body and soul, longing for God, for him. Not for heaven, not for health, not for help, not for something else, for him. He wants God. Like in a couple, in a couple of Marys, they married for the other. They love the other. They love that person. So the Lord has a people that desires him, not his gifts, but him. For him they long. They're thirsty. In the thirsty land, where no other is, to see thy power and thy glory. That is an expression we find more often in the Bible power and glory. That is a summary of who God is. And when we see God, when we meet with God, then the Lord also applies the gospel to the hearts of sinners. Then they see something of that power and that glory. In that power they see the Almighty God. They see that God is first. They see that God can save sinners. God is able to take sins away. In his power, they see such a powerful God, his power, and they enjoy that, right? And David says, I have seen that. I've seen something of the overwhelming power of God. And I've seen his glory, his bright, shining light. He gives light in a dark place, glory and doxa and light are the same in the Bible. To see him 
even when children are young, let me say under 10, they may already have something of that in their heart. They are early seeking him and thirsting for him. Say, Lord, may I see thee, may I have thee as my God. And they just try to do their best to make themselves acceptable to, to God. And it doesn't work. But the Lord reveals himself in the Bible, in the sermon, and says, see my power, see my glory. And those little ones may sometimes see something of it. When the Lord gives himself away, and then they may see it, his power and his glory, especially in the Lord Jesus Christ. Power and glory never shine so clearly as in the sending of his Son, the Lord Jesus. For the power, all things are passed away me. For the glory that he was willing to save them the lost. Power and glory. Psalm 145, verse 11. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. See that? They will speak of the glory of thy kingdom and uh, talk of thy power. That, that summarizes who God is. Or Matthew 6, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. Surprise who God is. God reveals himself in his power, and in his glory. It's the Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, is who, who, who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. See? Let's go to the next one. Longing with joy. You go over this song. You read something like, with joyful lips, in verse 5. We read about this, in the shadow of thy wings, I will rejoice. And in the shadow of his wings, I will rejoice. We read about, the king shall rejoice in God. The real Advent longing is a joyful longing. A joyful longing. You don't have it yet. You already rejoice in it. You can be happy with what you don't have yet, right? If something has been promised to you for your birthday, next year, next year you will get it. No, 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 no. And the closer you get to that day, the happier you are, but you don't have it yet. So, in spiritual life, God's people can rejoice in something they don't have to the fullest yet. There's so much more to learn, so much more to experience. But already you enjoy. Oh God, oh my God. And I will see thee, and thy loving kindness is better than life. Joyful lips, joyful. Psalm 63 is a prayer, and we read it that he has a joyful hunger. I have to think of Abraham, children. 
Abraham had to, had, to had to wait a long time before he got Isaac, right? Years and years, and Hagar was born, and nothing happened, and finally Sarah became pregnant, and Isaac was born, and I see Abraham close to the crib or something, and I see Abraham looking at Isaac, and he was so happy, because he saw something else. He saw in Isaac the coming Savior. I will read to you from John 8, verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Again, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. My day, the Lord Jesus said, my day. He saw my day. He rejoiced to see my day. In his Lord, he was seeing my day with joy. And he saw it. He saw him and was glad. That's an understatement. He was glad. If you have never been so glad, don't attend to Lord's Supper. This for the people that can say, Oh God, oh my God, early that I see thee. And they praise him sometimes with joyful lips. And they can be happier. I think of Moses as well. Moses was rich, educated, was affluent in many ways, and was the under king in Egypt, and he was quite happy there, but Choosing, the Bible says, choosing rather the affliction to self affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So, what do you prefer? To prefer the pleasures of sin for a season, as long as it takes, as long as the Lord gives it, and then it's over. Moses said, no, I'm not so foolish. I'd rather suffer affliction with God's people than all of having the time, the pleasure of sin for a season. So we also see in David that he is looking for communion with the Lord. Communion with the Lord Jesus Christ, the power and the glory. There was a joy in there. May it please the Lord to give the joy again. To give the joy so in this, in this week of preparation. Because the joy is very important to the Lord. When someone offers you, your husband, your wife, offers you a bouquet of flowers, and there's no smile on his face, there's a cold look here, flowers. You're not too happy, are you? You like to see in his face love and appreciation and a smile and happiness. The happier he is when he presents that bouquet, the more honored you feel. Right? So the Lord really appreciates it, loves it, when his people get out of the pew and come to the table with joy. Joyful lips praising him. Humbled, not flippant, not trivial, not superficial, not but real. The joy of faith. 
Let us not be afraid of joy. The, it can be suspicious there, and I see why. There's so much fake joy in God. But having said that, it is yet essential that God's people rejoice in him. Longing in faith, longing early, longing for power and glory, longing for joy. Let's go to the next thought. The fifth thought is longing by renewal. Longing again. Based on verse 2. As I have seen thee in the sanctuary, in the past. Or verse 7. Because thou hast been my help. So David is praying to God and simply said, says, Lord, thou hast helped me before. I've seen thee before in the sanctuary. This is not the first time. Oh God, oh my God, earlier I see thee as I have seen in the sanctuary. So that means that Advent is something that is repeating itself. Because you will remain uh, Advent people. They say, Lord, may I receive it again. Reveal yourself by renewal. As I have seen in the sanctuary, so apparently, God's people should not forget what the Lord has done in their lives. Should not forget. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Don't forget it. Have you forgotten, people of God? Have you forgot that you have seen him in the sanctuary? He did such a long time ago. You can bring yourself back to there. But you remember, don't you? Oh, forget not all his benefits. Have you never written anything down? Our forefathers recommended that. They asked God's spirit to write it down. And there was a servant that spoke to them. Write down what spoke to you. And they put it day there. And just close the book and just write something else next time. And sometimes just go back into the pages. What the Lord has done in the past. Remember. His marvelous works that he has done his wonders, and the judgments of his mouth. David also looked back. He said, Lord, I helped me in the past. I trust that will help me, help, me, help me now. Right? For your children, an example. About David and Goliath. Goliath was swearing and cursing, and David was upset at that. And Matthew saw and Saul said, Can you use, you can use my arms, my weapons? And David said, No, I don't need that. And David said to Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. Became a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered him it out of his mouth. And he rose against me. I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. The servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. See, he has defied the armies of the living God. 
So David was not afraid of Saul because the Lord has helped in the past. He thought the time there was a lion and a bear and he slew them. Can you go back in your life? And do you remember those times? Have you written them down? If not, why don't you start? Write something down, people. When you had the first impressions, when you had the first sermon, you began to understand. When you just felt slain and sinner and ungodly, and just write it down. Write it down that you had your first hope, your first glimmer of hope, your first light in the horizon. Remember them. Write it down the first time that you went through the gate. And you see some relief. Could you also write something down about the cross? Hopefully you can. Write it down. It's not a bad idea. Proverbs 3 verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Write them on the table of the heart. Or Psalm 77, verse 12. I will meditate also of all thy works and talk of my, going, of, of my doings. So to, be, to repeat it for yourself, to digest it, to chew it, can be quite helpful. It can sometimes make things alive again. Sometimes you read, the, you read back your, your diary, you say, how could I say that? But may the Lord also make it alive again. And finally, lawing set aside. God's children keep expecting, remain lawing, but you also know what it is to be set aside. We failed, right? For example, in this psalm, we read about marrow. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. What is that? Satisfied, soul satisfied as with marrow and fatness. Children, have you ever been? Satisfied with marrow and fatness? No. That is such a different word, right? The people of Israel, the Israelites, almost never ate meat. They seldom. When they did, it was such a delicacy, it was nothing wasted. And they had especially interest in the fat. For some in the tail of the fat tail sheep. So greasy, so rich, so delicious. We're eating it, it was just dripping on the clothes and they'd be very careful and they just sucked all the fat out of the meat and just enjoyed it profoundly. And also they broke the, 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 the bones and just chewed on them and sucked them out. It was very rich, very healthy, by the way, the metal, the fatness. Well, David says, my soul shall be set aside as with metal and fatness, because the gospel is so tasteful, so nourishing, so filling. The Lord Jesus Christ said, this is my body, broken for you. And to taste it, to taste and see that the Lord is good, is satisfying, is filling. Especially the loving kindness 
The loving kindness of my Lord is more than life to me. Verse 3. Because thy loving kindness. Loving kindness is a combination of kindness and love and faithfulness and goodness and describes the character of God. Oh Lord, that loving kindness of thee, to taste it, to see it, to glorify it, is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. May the Lord give that at the table to be set aside, to be filled with Jesus, to be tasting him, taste and see that the Lord is good. Tasting his birth, tasting his human nature, tasting his innocence, Tasting that his innocence can cover your unrighteousness. Tasting his willingness. Tasting his suffering. Tasting his death. To taste and see that the Lord is there. And the more you taste, the more humbled you are. The more you taste, the more joyful you are. The more, you, the more joyful you are, the more glory there is for the Lord. May the Lord give it at the table next week. A joyful, humble people set aside with the loving kindness of the Lord as he has given so much, so many things. Summarizing, as it is also a preparatory sermon, do you know something with faith? My God, early did I see thee? Do you know of that urgency? Early that I see thee, I can't let it go unless the Lord blesses me. Do you know of that first that hunger for God himself to be satisfied with his image? Do you know of, the, of his power and glory? Is it true for you that his loving kindness is better than life? Can you say yes? I know that by experience. His loving kindness is better than anything. Children, young people, it's true. When the Lord comes close to his people, speaks to the heart of his salvation. They say, Lord, nothing compares to this. This is all I need. Better than life. Do you know of that seeing with joyful lips to his glory? Do you also remember the things in the past and recall them and say, Lord, I don't want to forget all the benefits. It is an absolute longing, a longing, longing, longing in faith, longing early, longing for power and glory, longing for joy, longing by renewal, and the longing fulfilled. Amen.